0: podcast. Brad is both who I am, Rachel A. Dawson, and what I'm here to do, share what I'm reading for R, an action step for A, and a discussion for D. This is episode 19. Thanks for your grace as I took a few weeks away from recording. It has been a busy season, but I am glad to be back. Let's get started with reading. There is a trend that has been going around Bookstagram now that we've crossed the halfway point of 2020 where people share their halfway top 10 books. I love this idea and I've shared some lists of my own in the past and I found it to be a fun look at the books that have stood out in my reading so far this year. I wanted to share my halfway top 10 with you here in no particular order, all five star favorites, and share just a brief snippet from my full reviews for each one. Are you ready? Here is my one sentence from my reviews of each of my halfway top 10 picks. The Scent Keeper by Erica Bauermeister. It reminded me a little of crawdads mixed with a bit of The Great Alone. Number two, or, you know, no random order, but the second one. The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. Would it be sacrilegious? Would it feel inappropriate? would it be bizarre? Number three, A Million Little Ways, Uncover the Art You Were Made to Live by Emily P. Freeman. Spent my early morning being inspired and soothed and comforted. Number four, So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Oluo. It's an essential read and a reference I'll return to again and again as I keep learning and growing. Number five, Try Softer, A Fresh Approach to Move Us Out of Anxiety, Stress, and Survival Mode, and Into a Life of Connection and Joy by Andi Kolber. I brought this book to several counseling sessions to talk about it more. Number six, The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez. I grabbed it at Target before spending two hours at the tire shop for my car, and I almost wanted them to take longer so I could finish it in one sitting. Number seven, A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Maas. I didn't know how it could after the first was amazing, but then I read the second and hot damn, you all were right. Number eight, Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption by Bryan Stevenson. I left this one unread on my shelf for too long, afraid of what it would open my eyes to and what injustices it would expose. Number nine, Defiant. What the Women of Exodus Teach Us About Freedom by Kelly Nikondiha. I am better for having read these words from her heart and her thoughtful and thought-provoking work. And number 10, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. So good that it inspired me to start a new thing on TikTok, sharing mini book reviews, question mark. I'll be posting this list with links to shop all the books and to read my full reviews on both my blog and my bookstagram. That's at all the rad reads on Instagram. So be sure to check that out for some excellent reading. Now for action. Throughout July, I have been experimenting more with my natural, crazy, wavy hair. I haven't fully implemented the curly girl method yet, which you can Google if you want to learn more about it. But I have implemented several steps in the process and several ideas from friends, and I have been loving what it's doing to my hair. I've seen so many videos on TikTok and Instagram of people trying these techniques and realizing their hair is more curly than they realized before. If nothing else, it might be a fun experiment for you to try yourself. As I share some of the things I've been doing, keep in mind, this is just what I'm experimenting with. I am not a pro, I am still learning. These are just things that work for me, but they might not work for you. It's all just fun to play with and see what happens. So, some things I've been doing never ever brushing my hair. (laughs) I don't own a brush. It has been ages since I truly brushed my hair and this has done wonders for helping the natural texture and style of my hair come through. I always get questions about this when I mention it and I'm just not really someone who's prone to tangly or knotted hair, so that's not an issue for me and I do come through it a lot with my fingers in the shower, especially when I'm conditioning it. I have not been using any heat on my hair for more than a month now. No blow drying, which I very rarely did in the first place. No straightening, this is the hardest for me not to do. No curling it, etc. Not using as much heat is a really great way to see your hair's natural texture and to protect it from damage. Next, I don't use a towel to dry my hair, but an old t-shirt instead. This has been a miracle when it comes to cutting down on frizziness, I'm amazed. The step that I've only implemented a handful of times but have loved so far is called plopping. It involves wrapping your hair up in a t-shirt turban of sorts, and I've slept with it wrapped up like that overnight. Before I wrap it up, I do scrunch in some bonding oil on the ends, some curl cream all throughout, and I soak up some of the excess moisture and water with the t-shirt. I did demonstrate my plopping process on my bookstagram in a saved highlight, so you can see that if you looking. So see if you're curious about the process. In the morning then, I unwrap the turban, I let it finish air drying without touching it. This is a huge way to help it cut down on frizz. And then I kind of scrunch the crunch out from any of that product once it's dry. Sometimes I add a little oil to my hands when I do this scrunching. That was a recommendation for some friends. And I find that it helps as well. So far, I am loving how much curlier my hair is how little frizz there is, and how kind of touchable it feels. There's no more extra crunchy scrunched hair like there was back in the day. I will say though, learning to love my big and wild hair has been and continues to be and might always be a journey for me. It's not easy to let myself be untamed and fully free, and my unruly hair is a great example of doing exactly that. I'm excited about the process though, and looking forward to how it continues to evolve both in my hair and in the deeper places within me. If you try any of these tips or go on full curly girl, I would love to hear from you and get your best tips and tricks. Now for discussion. Today, I wanna share some thoughts with you that are very much in process. So again, I appreciate your grace as I kind of think out loud about these things. Recently, I had a conversation with a friend about the idea of impact versus intent. I wrote an Instagram caption that said, impact matters more than intent. Even if I didn't intend something to be heard, received, taken in a certain way, if it impacts people that way, I need to own that and make it right. So I mentioned this to my counselor this week, and he challenged me to reconsider I actually found it helpful, and I've been mulling it over a lot since, wondering if I might be wrong or might have a pivot to make in my own thinking. His perspective was that I cannot and should not own the reactions or responses of others. How someone hears, handles, or acts in response to something I do or say is not my responsibility. I found that helpful. I don't think it negates or erases my own need to be thoughtful, intentional, empathetic, aware, kind, etc., But I think it does help me to have a right-sized view of myself and gives me freedom to not take everything so personally or so heavily. This is a challenging concept, and I'm not fully sure of where I land or how I feel about it all, especially in our current culture where things are very heated and there's a lot of sensitivity around our words, our actions, and our intent. I've been thinking about things like the names of sports teams, comments we might make in jest authors we read and promote or not, words we say whether we meant them or we were just singing along to a rap song that included them. The list goes on and on, but this might help give you some context for these thoughts. So here are some questions I'm considering as I continue to press into this idea of impact versus intent and how I can grow in this area. Whose voices am I listening to? Whose voices are missing? Where is the voice of truth? Where can I find some of those missing voices and be sure to include them in the conversation or in my own knowledge and awareness? What biases am I bringing with me, whether known or unrealized yet? What are other people about saying about this topic, this issue, this fill in the blank? What did Jesus model in his time on earth? What can I learn from his example? Can I model my own words or actions or posture after him in better ways? Have I prayed about this as much as I've thought about or stressed about it? How would different options potentially play out? Have I considered these options and if there's a way that leads to a greater flourishing of people in God's kingdom here on earth? Am I wrong? Am I uninformed? Am I unaware? Are there things I haven't thought about? Are there pieces of the puzzle I'm missing? What emotions am I feeling here? What might be underneath those or causing them? What lies am I believing? What truths would help counteract those lies? All of this to say, we are going to mess things up. We're going to hurt and offend people and put our foot in our mouth and wish we could undo things. Even with all our best intentions, things that we do or say, or don't do and don't say, can have impacts we wish were different. In that, in all of this, I'm trying to be as prayerful, thoughtful, humble, and gracious as possible. I would encourage you to do the same as we continue to navigate challenging situations and seasons in our relationships, our communities, our culture, our politics, our world, Essentially, my main goal is this. I want to be known for my love. I want to believe the best in people. I want to be more about what I'm for than what I'm against. I want to look more and more like Jesus day by day, and I want to be part of making earth look more like heaven. That feels daunting and overwhelming and like a pretty impossible goal at times. And honestly, it is. Earth is definitely not heaven and can't compare or probably ever come close. But if that's what I'm striving toward, I think it's worthy and important. And I think it will help me live a life that I can be confident in and proud of at the end. Okay, that's episode 19, friends. Thank you for listening in. I hope you're enjoying listening to this podcast and these episodes when they come out as much as I enjoy creating them. You can subscribe to the Rad Podcast in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to leave a rating and review, especially in Apple Podcasts, I'd be so thankful. Before you leave, here is a benediction of sorts, which is actually a poem called Praying by Mary Oliver, my favorite poet. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. If you're looking for me online, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel A. Dawson my bookstagram is at alltheradreads. It might be weird to mention, but I'm also on TikTok at alltheradreads too. I'm trying it out, seeing what I think. For everything else, you can find me at racheladawson.com. Show notes will be posted there with links to everything I mentioned in today's episode. The music and mix for this episode were created by my talented and very patient brother, Drew Dawson. You can find more about his work on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Dawson Music underscore. He's the best. Thank you for listening and stay rad, friends.